0: Welcome to another edition of Conversations with Creative Women. I'm Sandy Klein. Marissa Licata makes music—passionate, fiery, eclectic music. The New York-based Honduran-American violinist has collaborated and performed on national and international tours with a who's who in the music world, and that includes Alicia Keys, Jethro Tull, Yclef Jean, Ringo Starr, Gloria Stefan. Marissa recently made her New York solo concert debut at the infamous Birdland Jazz Club with her all-star band performing Strings on Fire, a mix of traditional folk music from Eastern Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. In 2018, Marissa joined the American Repertory Theater as violinist and concert mistress for the Alanis Morissette musical Jagged Little Pill. That same year, she was also part of the orchestra at Radio City Music Hall for the Christmas Spectacular. Marissa's brought her music to the small screen with appearances on Good Morning America, The View, the Latin Grammys, Jimmy Kimmel Live, and the BET Awards. She played at chamber festivals throughout the Northeast and performed with the Boston Ballet. Marissa received her bachelor's and master's degrees from the New England Conservatory of Music. So let's meet and get to know the talented musical artist Marissa Licata. Welcome and thanks so much for joining me remotely today. Hi, thanks for having me. Marissa, where did the music come from? When you were growing up, did you want to play the violin? Uh... I
1: don't remember. My, mm-hmm. my father uh, actually started me um, playing violin at three, and I don't remember a time that I didn't play violin. I don't think it was a conscious uh, decision, but it truly was the instrument meant, meant for me. So I continued to play it, and, uh, and I absolutely love it. But why, why the violin? Why didn't he buy you a piano? he is actually um, an alto saxophone player and Ah. jazz composer. But um, the reason for the violin uh, is because string instruments, you can start at three years old. And my father wanted me to start playing at three. So he said, uh, what instrument can we start her on that That she'll be able to play and start learning, and that was um, violin. Uh, It could have been could have been cello, but even cello, you know, you have to be a little bit a little bit bigger. Yeah, that's
0: a little. Yeah, that's a little challenging. Bigger.
1: Yeah, there's some violin was the was the instrument that you could uh, uh, start your child on, and with the Suzuki method, which is what I started with, you really begin playing quite um, quite immediately, and um, for kids, that's all they want to do. That's fun. Um, It was a really great way to start on an instrument that um, used your ear and you could just have a blast. So I guess that was kind
0: of a given um, growing up in your household, which was very music centric.
1: Yeah, uh, it it absolutely was. I mean, there were uh, my father is the musician. My mother um, is not a musician, but uh, there was always a music appreciation and and a very very um, diverse selection of music mm-hmm, running through, mm-hmm. running through the house, um, f- whether that be from um, pop music to the jazz that my father listened to, to um, funk, to whatever the and pop music of of their era, um, uh, you know, Frankie Valley Four Seasons, and uh, then to Miles Davis and to um, you know later projects of of all these people, so. Um, to Mozart, obviously playing violin, uh, that's what, that's the repertoire for for the instrument that, that has been traditionally for the instrument. So, um, you know, there was always a mix and it was always good stuff.
0: Where'd you grow up? I
1: grew up in Summit, New Jersey. My family and I, we moved here when I was about six and um, before then, uh, we were in the Boston area. We were in Natick, Massachusetts. So actually, I started playing violin at New England Conservatory in the prep school when I was three. Um, then we moved. Uh, we moved to New Jersey, and so I spent from second grade all the way through high school here in Summit, New Jersey, um, growing up. So I was very much involved in the New York uh, scene right. as well. Right. Um, and and the and still the boston scene too you know
0: not for nothing marissa i could have you know grown up in your household and your father could have given me a, a violin not when i was 3 because i'm probably a lot older than he is but maybe i would suck at it
1: Again, I don't. Um, that was a high possibility, or or just not interested. You not, know, interested not interested.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I mean, I mean, you can you can certainly guide your children and guide uh, kids into doing an activity, but if it just doesn't take, it just doesn't take. Um, I think it was truly a lucky um, decision. Music was in my house. Music was certainly in my heart. It was in his heart, um, and so he wanted that. Um, for me, whether I wanted that or not, but (laughs) turns out (laughs) turns out I I did want that and turns out that I think it was really um, just a lucky happening that it happened to be violin that I um, that really was my my calling.
0: Did your dad make a living playing music? He did
1: uh, teaching um, and composing and he had um, quite a bit of success um, and um, in the uh, Sort of uh, late '80s, early '90s in the New York area and the Boston area. He also went to New England Conservatory, and then he did more composition, more teaching, um, music appreciation. Um, uh, taught at a couple of um, uh, music at a couple of colleges. So, uh, yeah, you know, w- between that and teaching, um, he and I should mention also his uh, he's got four or five albums out there. Um, too. So, you know, he was very, he was very active and, um, supplemented that with, with teaching music as well. Do you have siblings who are musically inclined? I do not. It's, um, well, so that's a little complicated too, because, uh, I don't have, um, any siblings. I was, a, I was an only child. Okay. Uh, my father is remarried and, um, they have a daughter as well. And so she is now 12 and she does play violin. So, mm. You see my father's pattern here. Um, um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's a repeat of, offender. Yeah, huh? it's a
1: repeat. And um, you know, uh, uh, again, uh, she she uh, unlike unlike me or unlike at least what I've been told about myself. She had my. Um, influence. She had my uh, um, already successes already, you mm-hmm. know, quite a, mm-hmm. quite a start. You were a role model for her. I was a role model. <laughs> and, um, and so um, she, I remember the day that she wanted to play violin. She, she sort of took two little, like, little toys or wand things that she had and she sort of started mimicking playing violin. And so um, I think from seeing me, she really wanted to do that like me, um, and I'm much older than her, but, um, but now she's at a point where we can really talk music and, um, you know, uh, not that I'm her teacher, but I Mm -hmm. can certainly show her some things. Sure. Yeah. And you can play together. Yes, we can play together. Um, but growing up, I was an only child, so I was the only Mm -hmm. spoiled child and I, uh, um, you know, I practiced hard and, uh, And was able to play with other people through chamber music and orchestras and youth orchestras and um, have a lot of fun that way.
0: Well, as I mentioned, um, you obviously had to get accepted to the New England Conservatory of Music, which you did. And you got your bachelor's and master's from that. But uh, what strikes me about you, and as I mentioned in the introduction, is the eclecticism do, does that not give you pause that you've got your fingers in all these different musical pies?
1: It, it does, and I will say that that particular decision was a hundred percent my own. That was not influenced by anyone. Else, telling me, "Oh, you should do this or you should do that." In fact, quite the opposite. Um, I was being um, pushed into, obviously, as a violinist at the New England Conservatory of yeah, Music, classical
0: music, right? Classical
1: music, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and my teacher, who um, who I uh, was with all through my college years um, and even after, um, a, a classical violinist. And um, I remember. Um, just wanting, because I grew up with so many different styles of music everywhere and just loving um, the really good music, uh, I wanted to play it all. I didn't just want to play Mozart. And I said, well, why can't I play it all? And there were different pressures because of the classical setting. Um, So I really had to take it upon myself to go out and seek pretty uncomfortable opportunities mm-hmm. at the time, um, not being an improviser, not being encouraged to improvise, not having a teacher for, for any of that. I had to put myself in situations where I would go out to jam sessions and I was completely out of my league, completely out of place in terms of background and knowing tunes that, uh, that the jam session was gonna be playing. And I remember thinking, I can do this. I mean, yeah, I don't play this style right now, but I have ears. I can Uh do this, you know, like, Uh you know, I have some ears and you know, what's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? So I really, um, and, and I had a great time and, um, there, there were times when I was certainly like, uh, uncomfortable, certainly out of place, but um, that's the way I was going to learn because that that was how I chose to um, switch direction and that was how I was going to do it. And um, so, uh, so, yeah, and now I'm really happy I did that because it led me to all these opportunities.
0: You know, I'm like a broken record with this line of the women who I've had the pleasure of having conversations with in terms of this strong sense of self, you know, I'm going to do not so much what the fuck I want to do, but I'm going to get out there. And if it takes off, Hey, great. And if it doesn't, so I'll move on to something else. Because as I said, again, in the introduction, eclectic, look at the names I've rattled off, <laughs> you know, Alicia yeah. Keys, J- Jethro Tell, Estefan, you know, um, yeah. orchestras, <sighs> It's an incredible marriage you've created.
1: Yeah, and um and I'm uh and I am really proud of that because like I said, it was it was my decision. It was um my sort of um well why can't I do that too? Like what? Because my instrument maybe isn't traditionally involved in this type of music or my inst- or my my background isn't quite what uh, you're used to um, hearing and seeing here uh, and uh, you know I, I really take a lot of pride even now in seeing fabulous players Fabulous players who who I really admire, and I see them, and um, a lot of them, even still, although they're great and they're amazing, and I can't say enough good things. Um, they're limited, and not because of their their skill isn't there, not because they can't do it, because they didn't they didn't do what I did to put mm-hmm, themselves mm-hmm. into these situations where you just got to go for it if you want to do it. No one's gonna die. No one's gonna, you know, no one's gonna drop dead. Nothing's gonna happen to you if if you eat it on stage, you know, you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what's gonna happen? They're gonna say, oh, she's not good. And then what? Then you go and you work and you work to be better and you work to be good, and then you come back. And the next time they're they're not gonna be able to say, oh, she's not that good, because you're gonna improve if that's what you want to do. And I think. A lot of, especially, I don't mean to um, totally target classical musicians, but I think on a, a lot of times, it, because of the background, because you've been taught this is the way you do it, you don't deviate from this, um, they've limited themselves in, in terms of improvisation and other opportunities and other mm-hmm. types of music. And, um, and I, I feel really bad because they're like, oh, I can't, I can't improvise. I, I don't know how to. It's, it's you have ears. You have amazing ears, like just use them. Allow mm-hmm. yourself to use them. Allow yourself to make the mistake.
0: So explain to me how you did join forces with some of those bold-faced names that I mentioned, separate <laughs> from the fact that you were, you know, that you were involved with orchestras or whatever. How, how, well, how, did, how did those matches come to be?
1: Well, I um, can say uh, it was quite a bit of luck Um Honestly, right place, right time. Um, While I was at New England Conservatory doing my undergrad, um, I uh, had a little work-study job uh, at the school, at the music referral service, which brought in, like, gigs um, in the area for weddings and, uh, you know, um, what have you, different uh, receptions and events, and... Through working there, I uh, one day, uh, I did not take the call myself, but one day Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull um, calls the New England Conservatory gig office and uh, he said, I'm holding auditions in Boston. Um, he obviously knew of the reputation of the school. Um, Duh, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Boston on my tour. Um, I'm holding auditions uh, for my upcoming um, U.S.-Canada tour tour. Which was going to happen later that year. Um, I'd like to audition people. Anybody interested? And he said, "Send a press kit, gave all the information. Um, so the, you know the the reputation of the New England Conservatory of me being at that school, had I been at Juilliard, for example, may not have had that opportunity, may have had other opportunities. but, May not, would, may not have had that one at that time. Um, so he was very specific. And um, I will say that from that day, I learned very quickly how to um, how to be uh, incredibly professional. I had my press kit all ready. I had recordings done. It was a matter of putting a postage stamp on it and sending it out. And from that, I... I uh, obviously met him, met the band, did really great work, focused work. And um, that opportunity led me to other connections, led me to um, in, indirectly to the um, the Ben Harper Ringo Starr uh, promo tour and the um, Dave Stewart uh, of Eurythmics um, album, uh, people that I knew from that. Uh, recommended me for another one, you know, so it really, I can say, I can pinpoint it back to that day that he called, um, and said, I'm holding auditions and I was ready. Um, I was more than ready. And I, um, and I remember just the amount of confidence I had. I'm like, yeah, where, what do I, I, I was just, I was just so ready and I knew it.
0: Mm-hmm. What year was that?
1: That was 2005.
0: 2005. So this strong sense of self plus your talent, great combination, sets you off on this rather interesting road. Because again, with all these different kind of types of music, not the least of which is now doing Jagged Little Pill, yeah, with um, you know the Alanis Morissette musical. What was it, like stars aligned for you? Kind of it was just natural acts to go from one thing to another to go from on tour to to, to Broadway
1: to <laughs> birdland,
0: you know? yeah,
1: yeah. you know, um again, going back to New England Conservatory, they had a prep school. um and um, and I started there, uh, like I mentioned at three. Um, but then, uh, years later as a teenager in, in high school, I was, I went back to the prep school there because they had this fabulous orchestra, uh, youth philharmonic orchestra. And, um, they, uh, this orchestra, uh, at, at high school age, it toured and it every other year, this orchestra would go on tour. And I was like, I gotta be in that orchestra. Again, my father's influence said, she's gotta be in that orchestra. And I was like, yeah, I gotta be in that orchestra. So, uh, um, that was my first um, experience with touring. Um, at fourteen, they uh, took us on tour. I had uh, an absolute blast, and I actually just—I beca- I say this often to friends—but I became addicted to that. Um, I uh, and and you know, some people are like, "Ah, oh, you'll get tired of it." You get—I have never you liked being on the road. Never, and I think it is the most glamorous, luxurious life ever. And I know that those those words might not necessarily. You know, people will well. think
0: you're nuts. I yeah, think exactly. The most my mother part. thinks yeah. my mother,
1: I'm crazy. She's she's like, you're sleeping in this like tiny little coffin uh, bunks in the bus, and da, da. I love it. If if I could somehow set my life up uh, for the rest of my life, I would just live on a tour bus and, um, go from place to place and, uh, it pl- play concert and concert, different countries, different cities, um, all over the world. Um, and so, um, I think that that desire and that want to, um, just do that and keep moving and have different experiences combined with the different types of music that I like, which by itself can take you all over the world. Um, i uh i think that's really what what has driven the the eclectic nature of of
0: my career so in addition to playing you also compose
1: i compose some i i've done string arranging um i've done um obviously with improvising you know that is a on the spot form of composition right, right. um also practiced. It's not like it all just comes to you right there. But um, I, I'm, I'm not. A, I can't say that I'm a songwriter or a tune writer. Um, I don't write my own tunes. But what I do with the music that I play now, with with my band, and when I collaborate with other artists is that I, um, do my own arrangements. And I think a lot of times artists are drawn to my arranging and how I think about and where I place, uh, um, certain pieces of music and, and how I put it all together. And, um, uh, I think that's one of the, uh, compositional, uh, attributes that I have, um, even though it isn't necessarily writing a song or writing lyrics, Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the traditional sense. But again, um, it's sort of my own little, uh, my own little spot within composition that I, that I think I, um, uh, I work best there. Um, I can't say that I've ever even had a desire to, oh, I want to write this song or I really want to write this tune. Um, and, it, and it's not so much a matter of that. I don't think I'm good at it. It's just it, not quite where my interest is. Mm-hmm,
0: if mm-hmm. that makes sense? No, I understand that. I think what, maybe this is just such a stereotype, but I just find it so interesting to say, yeah, I'm in a band. Oh, what do you play? Violin. <laughs> <laughs> is that not a little bit oxymoronic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it
1: definitely is, and um, and people uh, do assume too. They 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 think, uh, oh, you're you're a singer. I'm like, no, I'm a violinist. And they're like, oh, well, what's the name of your band? And and I tell them, it's it's Marissa, you know, it's the Marissa Lacata, whatever the name of the show is, but it's it's billed under my name, and I'm I'm the you know I'm the front woman, and um, you know, and the and the band is, uh, I mean, we're all making music there together. So, um, but the band features violin and I think it does take some people back, uh, to, um, for me, it's kind of an obvious thing just because I've been myself all my, all my life. I've been mm-hmm. myself. I've focused, um, uh, on solo music through different types of music. So for me, I'm like, of course I, of course I'm the band leader. Of course I, am. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but I do understand, I do, it, it is different, but I think it sometimes even creates an interest just like, oh, wow. Like it it's intriguing.
0: I mean, yeah, it yeah. takes people mm-hmm. back to
1: the point where they're like, oh, well, I'm going to come to that
0: show just to see what the hell it is you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mentioned also in the introduction that you made your concert debut at Birdland. Mm-hmm. And that, talk about the fact that it was a mix, as I said, of traditional folk music from Eastern Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. How'd that all come together?
1: That show um, and that debut, and um, it was important for me to make it a, a musical story of my life, my background. Um, and those, um, those types of musics um, have, Always, um, they've always been there. I was born in Honduras, um, actually adopted. Um, and um, wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute, wait yeah, a minute.
0: <laughs> you're not your father's biological daughter. I am
1: not my father's biological daughter,
0: so you my father's biological his, daughter. You did not inherit his musical genes.
1: I did not, I not, nope, not by blood, nope. So I guess that is, it is important. It is really imp- an important thing because his influence was not, yeah, it was not inherited. Um, and my mother, he and my mother, um, you know, they, uh, I was adopted in 84, um, brought to the United States where, uh, as I mentioned, we lived in um, the Boston area. Um, and then we moved to New York area. So my blood is the Latin American music is, and, and I really gravitate toward it. That is all my own. That's something that, uh, I listen to it constantly. If, if I'm listening to headphones and you see me, you can bet that it's going to be Latin music that I've, uh, some, some form uh, of Latin music that I'm listening to. Um, so that is, I think comes from where I was born.
0: So he, he exposed you to that.
1: He didn't really. That no, I mean, no. well, I shouldn't say he did. He did. Obviously he was, uh, uh, the person who, uh, first introduced certain albums to me, um, along with Miles Davis, along with, uh, Ravi Shankar, along with, uh, Mozart. So, you know, it wasn't like, you need to listen to this now. It was, um, just a lot of music and, um, I really took it to, um, my own place, which is sort of the story of my, uh, of my show, um, of the debut show and, and shows that I play. Um, I just like to play really fun music and, um, a lot of, uh, management and and promoters have a have a problem almost with it because they can't put it in a box of yeah well, they can't do la- like. don't know how to
0: label you yeah right they can't mm-hmm. label
1: me and they're like well I don't know if we can I don't know if we can market this because you know we, we we're not quite sure you know what what's your style and it's kind of like my style is like good music <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know music that I like music that is energetic music that speaks to my personality and um, uh, so. Um, I think the Latin blood, um, and Latin dancing, I love, I love going Latin dancing. Um, you can find me in some club in Brooklyn, uh, many weekends just because I love being in the middle of, uh, you know, Latin music and, and hearing it. Um, so that heavily influences my music that I play. Um, and then as far as the Eastern European, um, and the Middle Eastern, uh, I, I, was exposed to a lot being in these cities like Boston, New York, um, at New England Conservatory. Again, I played in the Jewish music uh, klezmer ensemble. Um, <laughs> I played in the world music ensembles. Um, and these were things that I really wanted to delve into. Again, not because I i just wanted to learn. I, I thought it sounded really good. I, um, there's an element of dance, a huge element of dance to all of these. And I think that, um, That really brings cultures together, um, which I loved. I loved how these cultures brought together their music, their people, their communities through music and dancing. Everyone's a musician and everyone knows the dances. That's that, and that was different to me. Um, that was different to me. That that's not necessarily the case uh, here and around where I how I grew up. Um, so I wanted to learn that, and so I put that into my show as best I can, with, along with my personality and the energy and the experiences that I've had. And um, so that's what that's where it all comes from. I really try to tie it um, tie it together.
0: Is that what you? would like to focus on more in the future of these concert debuts with your band and going from venue to venue, which now maybe you can do more in terms of the, you know, the pandemic rules.
1: Right. Right. Yes. I would like to, when I'm on stage, I always want to feel like I'm a part of the party, not Th- not the person entertaining just the audience so that they're having a great time. I want to be having the party just so happens. I'm playing an instrument too, but I want to be dancing. I want to be sweating. I <laughs> want to be listening. I want to be laughing. Um, and, uh, and, and enjoying, you know, sometimes even like talking too. you know, I want it to feel like, um, I'm there enjoying it with everybody else and everyone's involved as I'm involved. Um, sing along, hoot, holler, do whatever you want. Um, dance, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, uh, that's how I like to feel. And when I've judged shows of mine that I, that I say, eh, I didn't feel so great about that one. It's not because, Oh, there was a wrong note here. There's a wrong note there. It's because maybe I, didn't get myself to the point where I was having a party.
0: That you were completely immersed in it, sort of?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe I, for whatever reason, didn't feel the connection with m- maybe what I was playing. Uh, maybe I was cold. I don't know. Uh, you know, different, different things. But th- that's how I... Um, judge overall, uh, a performance, uh, performances that I, that I have, you know, the technique is there, the, the, the band is there, the rehearsal is there. Um, uh, eh, we've done this, we know how to do this. We know how to put on a good show. Um, when I judge a good or a better show than others is, is this element of,
0: um, am I having a blast here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so, um, uh, How do you feel about playing with other established orchestras?
1: I feel v- very good about that. I would love to play with other established orchestras and um, uh, both in the section as a, as a player still, um, as a section player. Um, and, you know, as a, as a soloist or something where you could even bring some of this um some of this folk music and arrange it for orchestra and have it, um, be a little different, uh, um, a different musical style for, uh, brought to the orchestra scene too. But again, that can be in some, uh, some ways, um, not as much accepted, um, with the, with the, you know, sort of improvisatory styles, but, um, but then again, the status quo
0: with the status quo. Yes, Yeah.
1: Uh, But then again, it, it just depends on, you know, who is, who's the musical director, who's the conductor, who, what their interests are, you know, um, there are orchestras doing it for sure. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not a, um An impossibility um but and as far as myself playing in a section, I would love to. I just took an audition um and uh, for an orchestra at opera um I love being a part of it
0: all uh how much t- of your energy goes to composing
1: uh well, it depends on if I have a project. So if I've got, if I have someone who's come to me and said, Hey, Marissa, can you put uh, some strings on these uh, or can you arrange something for a string quartet? And, um, and then we'll get in the studio and record, or we've got a, uh, we've got a show coming up. I uh, would love to get your ideas on what you hear and add in a violin. Um, uh I will spend quite a, quite a lot of time to make that what however much time I have, um, there will be energy spent toward that every day. Um, and my style of composing is kind of, uh, well, let's try to get into a room or get on zoom and, um, try to work on a couple of, uh, ideas. You know, I'm just going to start playing and uh, let's see if we like this. If you like this, then I'll kind of scratch it out. Um, maybe I'll record it. Maybe I'll transcribe some of those lines later. Um, so that's very much my style of, of um, composition. And it can take a little longer just because um, it's not just flowing from my brain necessarily to the paper. Um, There is a trial and a lot of trial and error, I would say, involved in my process. What about teaching? I don't teach. Um, I haven't done much teaching. I've done very, very little. Um, I think that right now it would really be hard for me to commit the way that I would want to, Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I would never, ever do something where I couldn't um couldn't give all of my focus toward that um and right now with with the different <laughs> with the different performance opportunities it would be hard for me to take on students and really give them a a base um to start them um because you know then it would be well oh, sorry i, I got to leave yeah got to get tour, out of here mm-hmm. tour yeah and yeah. and you know that's not fair and and i really feel that um that is one of the most important parts of teaching is are you going to be there The commitment, yeah, yeah. The commitment. Are you going to be there? Can your students, you know, can they call you uh, if they have a problem? You need to be available for that, in my opinion. If if you're going to call yourself a teacher um, or an instructor or whatever, Um, uh, if they're having a problem, you know, because practicing is frustrating and practicing is discouraging and practicing is. Really self-critical and um, and it needs to be all of those things. Um, but you also need to have somebody who's done that, who can tell you, "All right, this is what you need to do to to get, move past this and improve." Um, and if you're if you as the teacher can't be there or aren't there or can't be available, then um, uh, your students are going to get discouraged. They're not going to improve, and they're ultimately going to be unhappy and probably quit. So I just feel like it's it's very important for me if I were going to go into teaching that that would be a complete shift and
0: different type of commitment. I gotcha. I gotcha. What mountain would you like to climb that you haven't already?
1: That's a great question. Well, there are a few Broadway mountains I'd like to, I'd actually like to climb with. Now a lot of directors are including the uh musicians much more in the stage production than you know we've got shows like once and um uh six which is now and and um even even some of the pits i mean you you've got pits, Hades town, you've got musicians on stage right, i would li- right. I would really love to play in a show that almost has you know the acting component I would love to do some um performance violin performance, acting, and that goes for, um, you know, film as well. I, I think that, um, I would like to climb the mountain of adding some of the acting into what I do. I mean, as musicians, we, and performers, we, we do act, we, um, tell a story and, um, I have been told over the years and I, and I believe it's true that, you know, I, could do really well in acting. I sort of have a personality for that. And uh, and I do believe it's true, and it has been something I've been interested in. Um, so I would love to incorporate some of that as well as playing. Um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that that, I think that Broadway really is moving toward that in a lot of ways. So love to be considered for that at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just funny that you mentioned Haiti Sound because I just saw it last week and uh fell in love with it, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, as we wind down, Marissa, I would be so remiss if I did not ask you this question. Mm-hmm. What the hell does your father think of your career?
1: <laughs> um, he is very proud of what I've done. Um, I think that he looks back and um, realizes that the sort of bullheaded way that I went at certain things, um, no, I'm going to do this my way, um, he sees that that was the right call, um, because he was one of the people who discouraged certain moves that I made. And, um, and maybe that made me even go toward it even faster. Um, Mm.
0: because more determined, you mean
1: more determined in it and, um, uh, with more confidence and, um, and he is very proud that I am a, uh, not only violinist but complete musician um who can stand with anyone anywhere not afraid to stand uh with the jazz players not afraid to stand uh with the with the classical violinists um in the folk music scenes uh on broadway uh i'm not intimidated by it i think that that is uh I think that's the hardest thing to kind of get over. And I think that um, he sees the strength that it took to push through a lot of those um, limits that, that are out there. And, um, and he's very proud of that.
0: As, as he should be. So why don't you name the piece that we are going to end our conversation with?
1: A few years ago, um, I when the game of thrones was was uh, making its uh making resurgence and uh the new seasons were coming out i um did my take on the game of thrones theme and it has a eastern european um sort of drum heavy uh rhythmic feel and featuring violin um it's uh there's some improvisation there too and um it's just my my way of playing the uh, very popular Game of Thrones theme. So that's what we'll be ending with.
0: Well, Marissa Licata, it was really a pleasure to meet and get to know you. You are one feisty broad uh who you know <laughs> is, is soldiers on and i think that's just so empowering and especially for young women that's just it's really very impressive plus the fact that you're talented so what a great combo <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you thank you well i you know onward onward and just keep doing uh, we'll just keep doing what uh what we feel like doing in the in this music world
0: Well, sounds perfectly, a perfectly great way to end. Okay, so here's Marissa Lakata's take on Game of Thrones. Enjoy.